May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. It's great to be here with you all today. Father Bob sends his greeting. Uh, let's offer prayers for him. He is running the half marathon today, so keep Father Bob in your prayers as he's out uh, braving the weather and also just the extent of that uh, monumental task that he's undertaking. Um, I have had uh, one of those, I don't know if you call them an earworm or an earwig, you know, like a song stuck in my head for a long time. Um, I read, uh, I was asked, um, actually by Diane, to... Uh, pick which reading we were going to use today other than the gospel, and that reading from Philippians, and I I think we did this before Thanksgiving. So before Thanksgiving, this song has been stuck in my head as I thought about um, today's lessons and what we were going to talk about today. So um, here's my best plug for what you should or should not put into your head, because whatever we put into our head sometimes comes out again, right? So uh, this is a plug to be very careful about what Uh, media you consume, what books you read, what television programs you watch, what music you listen to, um, because it has a tendency to come back to us. And whether it is a haunting uh, and bothers us or whether it's a blessing really depends on on what we put in. My my Oma used to say, um, you got to put stuff through the computer at least once to give it a chance to to process around. Um, And as we just sang in, in that wonderful, wonderful hymn about ancient words, if we put those ancient words into our head and our heart, Um, They have a chance to come back and be a blessing to us. So I've had this song stuck in my head for almost a month. You ready? All right. um, I'm going to give you some background of this song. Uh, I used to listen to a band called Cademan's Call a lot in the late 90s uh, and early 2000s. And uh, they were a a great um, praise and worship band uh, out of Houston. Um, And uh, they were very influenced by a singer-songwriter, a guy named Rich Mullins, um, who was also a really profound singer-songwriter. And after Rich died, um, they wrote a song sort of in tribute to him, and it's called The Rich Song. Um, I don't know that any of you have ever heard it before, um, and I'm going to fail miserably, but the chorus, uh, one line of the chorus sounds something like this. <clears throat> and I thank my God every time I remember you. Did you hear that? Sound familiar? It's the first line from the Philippians reading today. I thank my God every time I remember you. And I thank God that that song has been stuck in my head because it's made me think a lot about uh, my faith journey, particularly back in the late 90s. It's made me think a lot about the band Cademan's Call and the the profound impact they've they've had on me. It's made me think a lot about Rich Mullins and the impact he had on them and on many, many others throughout the ages. And when I think about thanking God um, during this time of year, I can't help but be thankful for those who have helped me in my faith journey and just in growing up. Um, in December, uh, I often think about, I've mentioned before, my, my grandmother, my Oma. Um, I think about my friend, Father Bob Green, and I think about uh, my friend and fellow seminarian, Adam Gorin, each of whom died during the month of December. I think about them, and I thank God. I thank God for their life and ministry, their influence on me, how they have helped prepare me to be the person I am today. I also thank God for John the Baptist, and this is a weird sort of transition. I I acknowledge that. Um, We really only hear about John the Baptist um, two Sundays a year. We hear about him Advent 2 and Advent 3, and so this is the second Sunday of Advent in year C, and we hear about um, John the Baptist through Luke's account today in chapter 3, and then we'll hear a little bit more next week. And I don't want to steal any of Father Bob 
his thunder. I don't know what he's going to talk about next Sunday with John the Baptist, but I want to make sure we, we remember a little bit about John the Baptist. But before we do that, there's something really profound that happens in Luke chapter 3. Many, many stories that we encounter, many narratives that contain truth, begin with the words, once upon a time, a long, long ago, there existed. And those are great. Those are great stories. But Luke wants us to make sure we understand that the story of Jesus, his birth, the beginning of his ministry, happens in a particular time and place and context. And that's why Luke is so diligent about back in this day, in this time, when this emperor ruled and Pontius Pilate was here in Galilee and Herod, etc., this is a particular time and a place when John, the son of Zechariah, received the word of God in the wilderness and began, began his ministry, right? It's a particular time and place. It's not once upon a time in a land far, far away. It's this time in this place this happened. So John the Baptist, he's an interesting guy, right? We don't hear a lot about him today, but you all remember some of the stories? What's kind of weird about John? Anybody remember anything about John the Baptist? What does he wear? He eats locusts and honey? He wears camel hair and leather belt. He's kind of out in the wilderness away from the city calling people to repent. Sort of an interesting thing. And what's really fascinating, yeah, Hill, what else? What else do you remember about John the Baptist? What does he do? He baptizes people with what? With water. He dips them under the water, baptism uh, for the repentance and forgiveness of sins, right? So John is, is out in the wilderness doing this thing, and what's remarkable about him is people are drawn to him. They're coming out in droves. We'll hear some more about that next week for sure. John understands his ministry is twofold. One, we hear that he understands it in the context of the prophet Isaiah, who reminds the people of God's time uh, in exile, right? The people are in exile when the prophet Isaiah is writing that there will be one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. God has not forgotten you, right? And during the time of Jesus, John comes and says, I'm that prophet. God has not forgotten you. God has sent his Messiah. Prepare for the Messiah to come into your life. And you and I today, God has not forgotten us either. We're hearing this in this season of Advent. Prepare the way of the Lord. God has not forgotten us. God is about to do a new thing in our lives and in our midst. So John understands himself in this particular way, and he's a little different, and he's out in the wilderness, and he begins by preaching. Uh, his sermon is pretty simple. It's this. Turn away from all the things in your life that are keeping you from right relationship with God and one another. That's what the word repent means, shuv, to turn. So if you are facing in a direction that prevents you from preparing your life and your heart for the coming of the Lord, then you need to turn. You need to turn away from that thing and turn towards God. We can't really prepare ourselves for Jesus is coming into our lives in a profound way if we're facing in the wrong direction, if we're turned away from God, if we are facing in a way that leads us away from God. And so John's sermon is, is pretty simple. Repent and then prepare. 
get ready. So we are in this wonderful season of Advent. We've just started the second week. We've been through one week. I hope that your Advent preparations are going very, very well um, with your Advent shrubs or Christmas trees, um, with your um, presents under those trees, with your holiday parties, um, with the decorations of your house, with all the things that we do to get ready for Christmas. But I also hope that you are actively preparing your hearts and your minds for the coming of our Lord in a profound way into your life during this season of Advent. I mentioned to you all a few weeks ago that um, I was going to dedicate this whole year to read through the daily office. So far, I'm doing pretty well. Thank you for your prayers, and let me know how I can pray and support you and whatever your preparation is during this season. I do think it's important that during the season of Advent, we reorient our lives. This is a time for us to reflect upon those who've come before us that have helped us to prepare to be the people we are today and to give thanks for them, to remember them and thank God for them. And it's a time for us to really think about our lives and where we are in relationship to God and with our neighbor. And if we do need to repent, if we do need to turn away from some things, to be really intentional about that. This is a great time of year for us to, in the midst of whatever dreariness there might be outside, to seek the warmth and the light of our Lord in our lives. So as you go about your preparations this week, your continued preparations, your parties, your decorations, and all the things that you're going to do, don't forget to prepare your heart and your mind and your soul to receive the coming of our Lord. John the Baptist is such a wonderful figure. He's the last of the Old Testament prophets. He's the last of those who will come with the spirit of Elijah, the spirit of Moses, those, all those prophets that have come before, and to remind us very powerfully about what God wants for us. God desires us. God loves us so much. God wants to be in profound, deep, intimate relationship with us. But we can only do that when we orient ourselves towards God, when we turn away from those things that keep us from God and turn towards God. So my brothers and sisters, my encouragement for each of us this week is that we would prepare ourselves to be in position to receive our Lord as he comes into our life in a profound way. Let's pray. Gracious and holy God, we give you thanks for this season of Advent, this season of preparation, of hope, this season of peace. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to turn away from those things in our lives which keep us from being in right relationship with you and with each other. We pray that you would help us to seek you in all that we do. We pray that our preparations would lead us to deeper, more profound relationship with you, that we might continue to become your people in the world. And we pray all these things in Jesus' holy name.